The Book of Boba Fett Chapter 3 comes back to the main present storyline with less flashbacks this time, but is it as good as last week's big episode? Find out in our latest review of The Book of Boba Fett on Star Wars Lads. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of The Book of Boba Fett Review. It is Chapter 3, The Streets of Mos Espa? Yeah, Streets of Mos Espa. It is uh, the chapter three of the book of Boba Fett. We are going to be breaking this down. Complete spoiler. So if you haven't watched the episode, make sure you do before you come and watch our review because we will be talking about everything that happens in the episode. And before we get started, hit that like button down below. Subscribe to the channel for Star Wars content, usually three days a week. This week, five days a week. So you're going to want to stick around with Star Wars Lads for a ton of Star Wars content. And we'll continue to cover the book of Boba Fett for the rest of the week and for the rest of the show we'll be covering on friday we will have our predictions and speculations for chapter four of the book of boba fett now that we've kind of gotten a lot of answers in this exposition heavy episode uh <laughs> that it kind of really fills in the gaps from what we've missed in the present day so far in these first two episodes so now let's get into it uh yeah this is definitely a mixed bag like the first one yeah, I, th I think the first episode to me had more logic flaws and more like basic structure plot flaws than this one. I think some of the things I don't like in this episode, first off, is the pacing. I think it's way too fast. There's a ton of story crammed in here. A lot of exposition that's just dumped and then left. Uh, why are characters moving around? It's kind of like an stuff's answered with sentence long things. The twins are apparently leaving. <laughs> so like we got this grand entrance for them to just disappear now. A lot of things that just seem like, where is this really going? I think hopefully chapter four really cements the story and says, okay, this is how we're going to wrap it all up moving forward. But I'm still left confused by the way they're planning and plotting this whole series after watching this episode. But there are a lot of things that work, including some character introductions, uh, a great, great fight scene with Black Crescenton. Again, finally getting to see him in action, and hopefully we get to continue to see him moving forward, because that's kind of wrapped up all of a sudden, too. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's it's an episode that just, at times, feels very un-Star Wars-y to me as well. I did not realize Robert Rodriguez directed this episode until it ended, and I saw his name pop up. But I wrote down in my notes before the episode was even over, this feels like Alita Battle Angel, and he directed that movie. <laughs> um, I, we got this new ga biker gang that Boba basically adopts and takes up under his wing as his new guards, kind of, like special ops guards, because the Gamorreans, <laughs> you can only do some so much with two Gamorreans. Um, and, and I don't dislike them, and I think they can grow, but their designs, I was not really feeling it as a Star Wars-y design. To me, the ar the way the arms kind of like come apart, they all have like their little gadgets. Like one guy's got a little foot that, that he just like opens up his heel and he has like a spike that he's poking at the engines and stuff of um, the major domo of the mayor. Stuff like that did not feel very Star Wars-y to me. It was very cyberpunk, very Alita. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't love this episode. I'm not going to lie. It was It was very mixed for me. I think I like it a little bit better than the la the first episode because of Black Chrysanthemum, <laughs> mainly. Like, really, if I, he wasn't in it, and some of the stuff with the twins, and then uh, eventually the Rancor reveal, um, that like that block of time, that like 15-minute block of time, I thought was really strong. 
again, it could have been paced a little better. It could have been a little bit longer. We could have gotten a little bit more to it. The, the just the Black Crescent attack is just kind of very abrupt. It's just out of nowhere. It pulls us out of our our flashback sequence, which is an, its intended intent. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like this was a very disjointed episode in a lot of ways. And I'm left, once again, wanting more from the Book of Boba Fett. And we know it can be great, because last week it was very, very good, and, and it hit the right notes when it needed to. But again, this week, and and really for the whole show, even last week, I, I felt like it was, it was paced a lot better because they divided the episode in two parts. But again, by the time it's over, even with all the great stuff that happens, you are left a little bit wanting for the main storyline. You're like, okay... It's just teases after teases, and it seems like they can't really find the right balance between the two storylines yet. It's either one heavy on one or heavy on the other, and we can't find the the complete like the complete way to unite these two things and move it forward as a, as a really a naturally flowing narrative instead of having to just go back to Boba sleeping in the back of the tank and then cut back to live. Like I I don't know I'm. I'm getting frustrated, but I have a lot of hope because of the creators involved with the show. But anyway, what were your general thoughts on the Book of Boba Fett Chapter 3? Well, it certainly is a Robert Rodriguez episode. I was doing some research before the Book of Boba Fett came out, and apparently he is directing two episodes. So I was like, okay, I hope he doesn't do one of the later ones, because if he does one of the later ones... That could really throw a show off of its balance. Because, I mean, I've seen several Robert. I mean, we've all grown up with, like, Spy Kids. And we've grown up just watching From Dust Till Dawn, if he wants to get a little older. Like, he has a style that is, I don't know, what's the best way to put it? He, he likes to push boundaries. I think he really does. But I think he's one of those guys who's, like, Lucas became obsessed with, what can the craft evolve into and because he did that it changed his whole style and became almost a little bit too too much like he's making his story the back burner and he's making the effects the like huzzah hurrah and he's a lot more frenetic as an energy just in general i mean if you look at spy kids those are not like amazing films but for kids' movies, they're good. And his style is very fitting for a younger audience, especially with how he pushes just what can I do with this technology and all that. And I, I, I see him in another thing. Uh, John Favreau has The Chef Show um, on Netflix, and it's based off of working with uh, Roy Choi on um, The Chef movie. And they make a ton of different foods they go to different restaurants meet up with people and there's an episode with robert rodriguez and in a way i feel like it epitomizes what i felt about this episode because he will do anything new and in a way a little unnecessary like he does this whole cauliflower pizza when he has old ingredients to make a pizza like a cauliflower stuffing crust and you can tell he's passionate. You can tell he's excited. You can tell that, you know, in a way he is a true filmmaker because he always loves to try something new and add it and tinker. He's never just content with what he knows and what he's known for. But that works better in a movie than it does a TV show episode. And he always cuts it short in his movies 
abruptly and in a way you can say play it off as okay that's cinematic that's his language in a tv show you really can't especially if you're sharing it amongst other people who are trying to watch the show eventually binge the show and get a little bit of meaning out of it and that's that that's my biggest issue with this because he does so many things right here compared to his first episode and the first episode like you said there were some like structural issues just in general like What's the point of going here? Why are we spending so much time being so slow about this when we could spend a little bit more time just getting to know, hey, Boba just came off his Mando season two appearances. Let's get some, like a little footprint. Like what do these flashbacks tell us that wouldn't be already better served by telling it in the present day? But then we got the second episode, which was frankly just incredible. I I, I know it's very tropey in a lot of ways, but it's the best of best way of using all those ropes. And then we get back to this episode and immediately I knew something was just like the energy was different. It just didn't feel as epic and grand and thematically rich. And then I saw the action. I was like, all right, this is clearly a Robert Rodriguez episode. Like I didn't even need to have the whole episode. I, I, I saw what it was right away. That being said, I do like to stick to the positives and where he does push this show, where he does come off as more quirky robert rodriguez it does help different elements shine like yes like you're saying the twins have a grand entrance in the last episode and they're gone but to replace them we've gotten <laughs> none other than danny trejo and i will always love seeing danny trejo just that will never go away and as a ranker pit like trainee trainer like that that's perfect to me I, it's just like a role that if if it's demanded, he will come do some action. But otherwise, Danny Trejo as a sweetheart is like one of his best roles. Like anytime he plays like this guy who looks rough, but he's like definitely like a softy in the inside. Like it's perfect, and it works in this legacy of like Rancor Pit trainers. You know they they're emotional guys. You know you got to have a connection with these Rancors, and I loved everything with the Rancor. Like I loved. Just the emotional bond. I like how Boba is definitely hinting that he's like, yeah, he straight up says it. I'm going to ride this Rancor. Like, he's like, yeah, I don't want to litter, but <laughs> riding a Rancor around would probably serve the same purpose, if not be more menacing, show off his authority. So I like the things that he's setting up. I like his banter that he put with the droid 88 or whatever it's called. Just pops out out of nowhere. And he's not in a way that feels like annoying like C-3PO can be. He just feels like, oh, shit, I got to tell the boss this. Oh, I can't say his name. He's like, dude, it's Jabba. He's dead. Oh, okay. I just didn't want to threaten you. He's like, no, well, now I'm insulted. Like, there's good banter things that he's doing. Maybe a little less Fennec in this episode than I would have liked. But then there comes the whole biker gang. And I actually like the biker gang. I don't even mind, like, the Vespa look of their designs. It's just the chase is so slow. It's so slow. Like... The Major Domo is already a comedic character who's trying to be serious. And that's a very difficult balance that I think is going well enough. And Steven Root's character of like the water broker, like sure, he's just like a cameo guy, whatever. But this is a gang that is going to like fortify Boba's family. They're going to join the family. And I know they're the young kids. They're supposed to be a little bit more like edgier and all that. So I actually don't mind their designs. But this is an example of where 
having the stagecraft technology of the volume, I feel is very limiting because we've seen an amazing chase in Solo Star Wars Story. We've seen young Han, young Alden pull off insane stunts, idiotic stunts, things that don't pan out, but you can feel the rush of the engine. You can see the camera sweeping across the back. There's something just fast paced, but beautiful about it. This was just like they're chugging along, like up, down, up, down. And I'm like, you're just going 30 miles per hour. It's really not that bad. Like when the guy crashes into it, like into like a, some job effigy and then some table, he doesn't get f flung far away. He just like flung a foot out. So I'm like, they're not going fast. Right. So that, that was a dip. And then there's also like something like the Black Chrysanthemum fight. It just happens. Like, I thought he'd come back maybe in another episode. Maybe we're going to spend a little bit more time with the twins. And then that's their, you know, attack eventually after building up something. But it just happens. It pulls him out of the flashback. And that was the only part I didn't like about it because everything else is fine. I still have questions about why Boba is just weak. It's just, <laughs> just getting pounded. Like, I, yeah, I know reading the comics, Chris Anton's got a metal skeleton Obviously, element of surprise always helps in fights and all that. And he's a Wookiee, sure. But you got to give Boba Fett some fighting chance. And he does do better. But then he gets whooped into, like, the side of his back to tank, like, five feet in the air. And I'm just like, okay. But then we get something like the flashback. It's rushed as much as it is. But you can see Tamora Morrison just killing it, as always, in these flashbacks. Like, just his face acting, with his stuff with the pikes feels like they're developing something and bam they're just wiped out and the whole clan of tuscans is gone except for possibly the female warrior because we don't really see her body and that's really what this episode was like so many highs so many just strange choices just cut between all these different things instead of naturally progressing between them make this like 45 minutes or 42 minutes something around there making this like a 36 minute episode for this many different things, it just feels like it makes Boba feel more incompetent than he is. Like, he should be a confused guy. He clearly does not know what he's doing here. But there's too many scenes of him feeling like, oh, he knows exactly what he's doing, but then being caught out of surprise and then having some random banter with a guy. With I'm just like, choose a tone. Choose some balance. Because... Everything about episode two was nice and balanced, ups and downs when it needed to be, when the story asked for it. This, I don't know. This, I, I liked it a lot more than the first episode, but it, it feels like it's having some of that season one syndrome of Mandalorian, but definitely it feels a little worse because I know it's Rodriguez for one and three. And for a guy who's been around this long, you should not be making episodes that feel more off-putting than the Bryce Dallas Howard episode. Like, and she killed it in her first episode, I thought, and she improved in the season two. For his second episode in this season, he can't kind of came off as like Filoni, but more in his episode in season one, but just way more out of control and yet somehow so scrunched up at the same time. Yeah, I take issue a little bit with the way Boba has been treated over it and i know a lot of people have had a problem with the boba portrayal really since the first episode and i and i haven't i've wanted to see this grow and and i like what they're doing with the flashbacks and i think yes it is cliche but it is 
growth for the character and we get to see him evolve into who he is in the modern times and i hope we continue to see that because to me there's just so many holes in this whole thing like why why tattooing for boba why like <laughs> there's no reason why yet and i'm still waiting for that reason why jabba's palace why mos espa why bib fortuna like why all of this stuff right it's it doesn't make sense yet and yes we still have four episodes left so that's over half the show it's still to come out so we're not going to jump to conclusions or act like the world's ending because this was another less than great episode but i'm still i, I still have a problem with why is he struggling way more than he was in the mandalorian season two <laughs> just in general fighting leader uh even even just respect from other people like in mandalorian season two everybody's like yeah that's boba fett <laughs> he's got the armor on people like look at him and ed bo katan knows exactly who that is everybody knows who boba fett is but in this people treat him like he's like some second class bounty hunter like nobody's ever heard of him i i i don't understand why he has to work so hard to earn his stripes in the eyes of the people i can understand as a leader as a daimyo you know to, it's a new position for him right but people should still look at boba fett and not it, it almost looks like they have they're winking you know winking at the camera like huh, you know this guy's old now like this is boba fett he's got the arm he's got the helmet you should be afraid of him these people should be afraid of him not these like i can understand some some punk kids not knowing who he is right but but everybody else is kind of like tiptoeing around you know trying to give him some flattery so that he'll do what they want him to do and he kind of falls into those traps it just seems like he has no plan. He has no idea what's going on. He, he, why did he want to be Daimyo in the first place if he has no idea how to run Mos Espa? He has no plans. He has no army. He has nothing. He has no resources. I'm just starting to be, find it less and less believable why he's there. Because as we progress down this story, he's just like flying by his coattails, right? He just has no idea what to do. Oh, he decides to use his jetpack in this episode, but he does it after the action's over, so we don't even get to see Boba Fett fight. You know, it, it's just like... I'm, I'm looking forward to the show finally crystallizing its vision, finally deciding what it wants to be, what it wants to do, and moving forward with it. Because last week it felt like it's the Tuscans, and we're going to really give Boba background with Tatooine, why Tatooine is so important to him, and why he wants to now come to Tatooine and take over. Because he has this other family, right? It's his born again family. But now, if they're all dead, and they're not all dead, but no, most of them are now dead. <laughs> the twins are leaving. Why? Why is he there? Like, yes, he's a private contractor for Jabba for so many years. Okay, but I mean, he's he's private contractor for Jabba who goes off planet to do stuff. Why tattooing? Why Jabba's palace? I'm still not getting my answers with all that, and hopefully. Everything starts to combine a bit more, but I, I'm still feeling this is the first episode I felt like I've been this frustrated just because I felt like it's going to come. It's going to come. And then we finally get our episode that is 75, 90% <laughs> present day stuff. Not even so it's 90 and 10 basically. And this it really doesn't explain anything. It, it, all the mystery we started last episode is now wiped away. Black Kersantan might not be back. I'm sure he will be, but he's, he's dismissed the twins are gone 
the pikes are now part of the pro the the big scheme but what like why why the pikes boba doesn't really have a big relationship with the pikes in the past it makes more sense for him to have the huts as an opponent than the pikes maybe crimson dawn is behind the pikes and they're controlling everything and ultimately if we get there that'll make more sense but to me the pikes other than the fact that they're probably the ones who sent the nikto sand riders to go kill his his tuscan family other than that there's really no reason for the pikes to be in this situation it to me it's just like we're, t we're taking a lot of world building things with with um boba fett and as like as great as it is to see black chrysanthemum here as a step for comics and books to become more important we're also taking a step back because we're ignoring all the things that have happened to boba fett in comics and books and being like yeah, we're going to give him new things to fight because there's other lot more logical things to me from his past that we've seen in canon that he can do. <laughs> but right now we're just kind of fumbling for who is going to be the big bad. We keep switching it up. And yeah, maybe all this, they, they mentioned a syndicate war. They said the Pikes are coming for war. Who are they coming for war against? Boba? Because Boba has nobody, right? So they're just coming after Boba. I don't really consider that a war. So hopefully, maybe the huts do become back and fault. Maybe Crimson Dawn does show up. Maybe the Black Sun shows up because I'd love to see Black Sun in live action. Maybe we get our new War of the Bounty Hunters 2.0. But right now, it just seems like I can't find the direction of this show and not in a, oh, I'm trying to figure out the mystery sort of way. It's just like, I don't know what your tone is. I don't know really what you're going for here. And you have all these different steps and this different varieties of tones and some you nail but then some are just like what's the point like where this felt like this could have been episode one and episode one's feeling more and more pointless now because a lot of the exposition that was stretched out into 38 minutes in that episode could have been added to this and made a 50 minute episode like <laughs> it's just i don't know the show's feeling all over the place in the present day storyline which again, is the most interesting because we don't know what's going to ultimately happen there. We know with the Tuscans, we don't know what happens to them as a group or Boba's relationship with them, but we know where Boba's going to end up from there. We don't know what's going to happen to Boba after because we don't have any of that information now. So that's what we're ultimately all so much more interested in. And at this point, that's the part that's really being dropped right now. And hopefully, I'm really hoping next week, it starts to give me a little bit more hope again, <laughs> but yeah, that's my, that's my rant. I don't really know how, if I have any much more stuff to say, do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap up this spoiler review? Yeah. I mean, I will say, I don't think the Pikes are the villains, right? I, I feel like there's going to be a lot more cameos, a lot more villains, but I don't, I think they're a stepping stone. I think they are being kind of controlled by, I'm I'm still saying Crimson Dawn. It could be Black Sun, right? Maybe that could be an interesting way to bring the Falleen into live action. Um, especially ties in with War of the Bounty Hunters. I'm, I I do agree. I think episode one and this episode could have been combined, and I'm I'm gonna I'm still putting more of this on Rodriguez directing style more than it is on the writing by Filoni and by Favreau. Because, look, we've we've watched everything Filoni's written. We've watched The Clone Wars. we watched The Rebels. We've even watched Avatar The Last of Airbender. We know the quality that this guy can put, and Favreau is no slouch either. But, you know, this is seven episodes instead of eight episodes. So there 
isn't as much, you know, freedom to just kind of be a little slob because like you look, if you looked at the first season of Mando, those first three were really great. Even if you don't love the second episode, it was a perfect just one-on-one intimate time spent between Grogu and Mando and just the conditions, the forest, the mudhorn, some iconic imagery, right? This feels like a show that is just about ready to like just move into what it's really about to be. But it felt like it just was this episode was just shoving all the things that it wanted to just characterize right away. So that once like you spend more time with these characters and all that, it feels like, okay, man, we've seen so much of them already just in these first three episodes. So now we can build off of them when they come in and out of the picture. Obviously, we're going to get that girl of the speeder gang. She's going to become more prevalent. Um, and I think I think she could be a good character. Sophie Thatcher, I've heard some pretty interesting things about her as an actor. So I'm, I'm excited to see what she's got. Demora Morrison is still carrying this for me. Even if he's not characterized as great as he could be, I think he still is that dude. I think he's just carrying himself so well. And you can see that he's definitely playing into that confusion, that frustration of like just every time, like literally this is like, if you think about it, this is a day where like he literally cannot do anything right other than just get these kids who are silly and dumb, sure. But that's the only one right thing he did as Daimyo today, like oversee just some like, okay, this guy's ripping them off. These kids don't have anything to do with it. Like, okay, come with me take the money or don't and let's and that that's how we're gonna roll so that feels like the only action he took today that was like good for him the rest is just like being slapped around falling up and down the staircases every time you're trying to do something you're out of it but that being said i think i think we're gonna be in a good position because rodriguez has done what his episodes (laughs) I can appreciate the guy for what he's brought to filmmaking and his unique voice, but he's had his two episodes. I'm expecting four through seven to just banger, 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 banger. Like I, I, I believe this ramp up is going to be amazing, and I'm, I'm excited to see Boba ride a rancor. Like that alone will just make up for anything on this episode. There's so many things about this episode that were really good, like the fight scene and the rancor being introduced, spending more time with the twins, the flashback, as short as it was, those are all great. You get rid of that or improve that speeder sequence and put some real CGI instead of just stagecraft technology and give a little bit more time to this episode. I think I'd love it because there were some very interesting things about like, okay, we had this whole question in our speculation video from last week, which you guys can check out. It's like, how the hell did Bib Fortuna rule? Obviously, he didn't rule because he was underneath the huts. He didn't rule because, you know, he kept things quiet and pretended Job was there. He ruled because he used his, like, level of thinking as, like, an almost like a major domo in his own way of balancing, like, the different syndicates. So, in a way, I can understand Boba's position of, like, he's just a dude and everyone's just watching him right now and throwing obstacles at him. But now I expect him, all right, you've gotten at least this new crew you got to respect the Black Chrysanthemum, who's gone. The Huts are going to leave you alone. You understand that the mirror's got the pikes, and that connects to your past with the Tuscans. Now you have a reason to, like, fight them. 
crystallize your reason with more flashbacks and whatever else needs to be why you have to be on Tatooine. And we go from there. And I think episode four, I I'm 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 very confident we're gonna return back to episode two's level of just like, yes, that was awesome, that's epic, that's that's boba, everything else. Cause this episode was just like, man, it's the ups and downs of the show. Struggle, amazing flashbacks, episode two, and the back to that struggle and more confusion. So I'm expecting the up and up, and I don't expect to go down again. That's that's my hope for the show. I love the optimism. I, I'm also optimistic in how the show finishes up because it does seem like they might know their end game, but they don't know how to get there. I... <laughs> I appreciate the information that they provide and they, I just, I still have a writing problem with it in general with exposition dumps in the first five minutes of each episode. Like the, the cold open for this episode was 10 minutes long. Like, like, I don't know. I, I still have some writing problems with some of this stuff, but I feel like they're starting to at least position themselves in a direction, which the first episode felt pretty directionless. Now, at least they're going in a direction that we can kind of see. And if it is an all-out bounty hunter war between crime syndicates, I'm here for all that. And I think they are going to deliver. I think with the man, comparing it to the Mandalorian as well, the first episode wasn't amazing. Second and third ones were really good. But I think my expectations overall were just far lower for the Mandalorian because we had never seen anything on Disney live action or any live action Star Wars story on television before. So with Boba Fett now with the budgets a lot bigger than they were for Mandalorian season one with the real the confidence of this being the Mandalorian season 2.5. I think I'm just expecting more and more cohesion from the storytelling, especially because it is the storytellers behind that series. And this is their substitute for that season. It's not like they're doing five projects at once. This is this was the one that they worked on in 2020 for this year. <laughs> and now it feels rushed. And I'm, I'm worried that it's one thing to rush to get us to a good ending. It's one thing. To, it's a different thing to rush it all the way through. Hopefully we find that balance. But thank you guys so much for watching our Book of Boba Fett Chapter 3 review. This was The Streets of Mos Espa. Comment down below. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Did you love this episode and think it was the best one yet? Let us know why down below if maybe you didn't like this one at all. We were both in the middle. Uh, and so, yeah, let us know your thoughts on this. And if you want to stick to the Boba Fett conversation, as always, on Fridays, we do our chapter four. or it's, It'll be the next chapter speculation videos. So you'll want to check that out. It will be releasing on Friday, chapter four of the Book of Boba Fett predictions and speculation. If you haven't checked out our other videos this week, check out our Monday video, which was a non-spoiler review of The Fallen Star, the newest book from the High, High Republic and Claudia Gray. You'll want to check that out. And then yesterday's video was a, another video of 10 characters that could be in live action Star Wars stories from canon. Uh, I ran down some characters from books and comics specifically because of the appearance of Black Kersantan. So check that out. Comment below in that video and let me know which characters you want to see. And then if you haven't uh, followed our channel lately, you know that um, we usually do comic reviews and we did it last week because there's only one. Tomorrow we will be returning with comic reviews and re reviewing, I think, five comics. So that will be a big, big day for comic reviews, including the Eye of the Storm number one from the High Republic that will give us the backstory on Markeon Row. 
So yeah, big rest of the week and big week so far for Star Wars lads, and it will continue to be big as we get through the Book of Boba Fett. So thank you all so much for checking out all of our content, and we'll see you all in the next video.